Welcome, everybody, to another GD Podcast. I'm your host, Guy DeMarco. Special treat for you this week. I have the first, second, and third place finishers of the Armageddon Gear Cup that happened earlier this month. Now, I start this podcast by talking to Keith Baker on a Zoom call. And once you get two guys talking about guns and dogs and matches and race cars and things like that, we went a little bit longer than expected, but I think there's some good information in there, um, some good mental process and thought process that occurred during Keith's match. And then we go to Clay Blackheader, who was the second place finisher in the match, um, was able to catch up with him for 20 or 30 minutes or so. And then finally we end it with Andy Slade, who we all know was the first place finisher of the AG Cup. He is now the newest belt owner, and we were able to sit down and catch up with him. So strap yourselves in, grab a cold one, um, turn the music up in the car, and let's jump into this podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another GD podcast. We are here with the third place finisher of the 2023 AG Cup, Mr. Keith Baker. Now, Keith has been running around like a crazy man trying to get things squared away after being on the road at the AG Cup and taking third place. So we didn't get this interview knocked out at the Cup, but we scheduled time. We got it. We got it in here and we're doing this over Zoom. But all three, the first, second and third place finishers will all be featured in this episode. So Keith, go uh, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Everybody knows who you are, but for the listeners that don't, go ahead, introduce you, introduce yourself and tell us what gear you're running. Yeah, so uh, I'm Keith Baker from Akron, Ohio, pretty much born and raised within 30 miles of the same spot. Uh, MDT, pro staff, team shooter, van pilot. I drive the van one end of the country to the other, try to miss deer when I'm in Kansas and try not to hit too many of those. But that's pretty much my job. I drive the van around the country and shoot guns for a living, and it's a pretty great job. Outstanding. And you're also uh, a gunsmith as well, correct? I am. I own ice rifles. So I've been in this industry for or been in this for quite a while. And I realized that eventually I'm going to get too old to be competitive as a shooter. And I don't, man, I just cannot see myself not being a part of this community. So I sold my business and started down the gunsmithing route. So I do product development and design for MDT. And then I also build rifles and chamber rifles, which I chambered it for the AG Cup champion, as well as myself. So I got two out of three. <laughs> so you got two out of three. Awesome. Fantastic. Two out of three. So, right. um, with that, we, we, we're not, I just don't know better. That's all. <laughs> so we're not at the AG cup. So let's, let's take a little, uh, trip down memory lane. Um, how many AG cup matches did you shoot over the 23, 2023 season to qualify or to get into the AG cup? Uh, I'm guessing uh, I shoot a lot of matches because I travel with a van around the country. I, I believe I shot four. Okay. I, uh, uh I'm not sure. I, I know I shot three and then I wanted to shoot one more just to make sure if I had a bad, bad score, I would make it in um, right. or something along that line. That's kind of my goal. I try and shoot four AG Cup matches for, sh- for sure every year. Uh, this year I shot Hornaday, which that's one of my favorite matches. I had a good finish there. Um, let's 
let's see, I shot uh, MKM, I think, had a match that was an AG Cup. Okay. Uh, I shot the Texas match early on in the year, I think, was an AG Cup. And one more in there somewhere. Maybe if MPA was, I shot MPA. October's, October's was an MPA. Uh, yeah. Yep. October's an AG qualifier. Um, to, to my knowledge, that would have been my fourth. And then I ran an AG Cup. Because I run the Ruger Koenig match. Okay, that's correct. Uh, yep. Out of cameo, so I ran that match. I'd love to shot it, but you know, uh, I've I've heard nothing but good things about that match. I listened to uh, your teammates there, Francis and Chad's uh, match review of it, and it sounded like a blast. Um, actually, got facilities. I got family that lives right there in Palisade, so uh, maybe. Oh my gosh! You're kidding me? It. Yeah. So I April I used, this year, you so need to be there. I was uh I used to skate the Palisade skate park when I went to go visit my mom because my uh my grandfather and my grandmother lived there. My grandmother still lives there, but yeah, I was skating the skate park before I think Cameo. That was oh god, that was 99, 2001, maybe. So Super cool microclimate right there with all the peach trees and, right, and, the and in between the mountains and, and the like desert. That. I mean, it's super, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. place. Um, I'm familiar with the area, just not the range. Um, so you shot four AG Cup matches. And then um, the first two AG Cups were down in Georgia. And then the next two were in uh, Tennessee at KM. And now this one was at Clinton House in south carolina have you ever shot that range before are you familiar with that area never seen it until this weekend or till that week you know last weekend never okay. seen it before i didn't even know there was a range there uh so uh he just started uh, holding the matches to... one day matches this year so okay yeah so i didn't i didn't track that or didn't know they were having those uh i knew they did sniper matches down there occasionally and i knew it was a shotgun place uh, but I had no idea they had any PRS stuff. So when I showed up for the match on Friday morning, that was the first time I ever seen the facility. Okay. Like Thursday wow. morning, Thursday morning, whatever check-in day was. Right. Thursday, and, go uh, down. And, and all I seen zero. that day was a hundred yard range, I think. You right. Know, so, did yeah. you make it over to the thousand? Oh, that's right. They had a little, they did have the the little deck that we could shoot out to 600 or thousand. But the mirage was so high, I couldn't hardly see anything when I okay. went there to zero. Well, yep. there wasn't a whole lot of mirage Sunday when you guys shot there. <laughs> um, it was beautiful. I love wind. I love a challenge. So, so. and it, Sunday was a challenge. That was some of the hardest shooting I've ever, I've ever seen. Um, so day one and day two was all on the same line. The stages were kind of separated um, spatially. Like it was a, probably 150, 175 yards of single uh firing line with some barricades in between the stages and then they had all the different props and day one we shot 10 stages days two we shot 10 stages um what did you think of that section of the range uh and those stages that were there so you know when i looked at the matchbook i'm like oh man this is going to be easy whatever and of course tom always puts on just an amazing match like you can't judge the matchbook as to the difficulty of the shooting. And I went to the first stage and I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> I probably ought to step it up a little bit. Uh, so uh, it was it was really cool to shoot those two ranges. And it was even cooler 
to not shoot that those ranges for the final day. Like we pretty much okay. shot all virgin territory. Uh, I thought the first two days we had no wind. Uh, it was pretty meh. Like, you know, uh, you, you needed an accurate rifle. You needed to be quick in the position. Uh, but I don't think I held off the center of a target more than a couple inches right or left other than maybe two stages a day. Like it was, okay. it was pretty much monkey see, monkey do, execute, right? There, okay. there wasn't a lot of challenge. I mean, there was a lot of challenge being in and out of position. Yeah, it was a little windy one time. No, you couldn't go up there and just fire 10 rounds dead center on the plate. And you had to play it a little left and play it a little right. But um, it was... A very minimal wind. I mean, it was, I don't see, I haven't shot in conditions like that in a match in a long time. Like okay. It was pretty dead. Yeah. So uh, day, day one, there was some issues with, um, now I talked to Tom and he had proofed the two stages in the Connex boxes where he um, was upstairs uh, or he was downstairs aiming through a rifle and people running around or vice versa, or somebody was on the bottom running around and he was looking through a rifle yep, up top yep, yep. and didn't disturb the sights. He said everything was good, but he didn't check it vice versa and right. really see the the score difference on that. So they ended up throwing the the stage out. Um, any thoughts on that? Like you there's know, only so much you can do. There's only, there's only so many, so much you can prepare for. I think it was just a small, a small, execution error, error is what i'm going to call it because that stage would have been perfect if the two connex stages weren't shot at the same time so i have no complaints about those stages i mean the way i look at it is when you show up to a match hey dude the conditions are different everybody it would be no different than if wind gusts come through at 30 mile an hour if someone's running around upstairs it is what it is odds are what they are and as long as it's the same for everybody ish like you know Nobody's saying, hey, don't go unless somebody's not moving up there, right? which is the way the AG Cup is. I think it was fair to leave it in. I think it was fair to take it out. I know I, I do appreciate Tom taking it out because he felt or someone else felt that there was something negative. I had no idea. I After he took it out, I remember, like, I didn't realize that that was an issue, but I remember when I was shooting that stage, I'm like, wow, I am, man, someone's walking around in here. And I thought it was the RO that was in the Connex box spotting because I am watching my reticle bounce up and down. And I'm, well, but that's part of shooting, you know? I mean, you just got to time your reticle and execute a good trigger pull and let the brain make it hit, right? You know, okay. I mean, so uh, I appreciate the AG Cup because they do the very best job. And Tom, 100% of the time, makes the best decision he can in order to make a fair match. And he felt that it was unfair. And the fact that he pulled it out is why I appreciate him. Like I had no idea that I never even heard anybody complain about it. Really? Uh, okay. I rec I, I mean, when he said why, I mean, I absolutely noticed it. Like when I was on the gun, I was like, wow, man, this is really moving. And I even said something, to the RO, when I was in the Connex box, Hey, could you stop moving? He wasn't moving. It was the people upstairs right. that didn't occur to me till we were at the end of that day. And I heard they were throwing it out. And, and okay. I feel that it, that's a fair reason to throw it out. I mean, uh, uh, I'm sure Tom, I mean, Tom never looks at the scores before he throws. I mean, he's Tom's going to make a decision to be fair. And I, I love the guy for it. Like, 
the the fact that he that we can trust him in his hands there there's just never any question that that his integrity is a million percent in our favor and to make the best match which is why it is the best match in the world like i've shot every ag cup since the beginning since it was by invitation only and i will tell you and that is the only match of the year that matters to me like it you know when i my end of the year uh you know the finale isn't I mean, I would like to shoot well at the finale, whatever, but that's right. not my goal. The AG Cup is, in my opinion, the best shooters in the world, all shooting the same conditions without any help. And right. when you apply those factors, uh, I think you find who the best shooter in the world is that day. And I think there's no match in the world like it. So, I mean, it's the AG Cup is is it for me. It's... Uh, it's the best match and 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 everything is done everything it can be to make it as fair as possible each stage on day three especially they're approximately the same range and then you swap so i mean everybody right yeah you can get a bad break but realistically it, you know it's it's the best way you can you know not be shooting paper inside of a building with no wind and perfect light you know so, right and that's the, what we're here for so we shot those two days on the same range um, targets out to a thousand plus plus ish um, of varying sizes, all kinds of, uh, of draws and dips in uphill and a little bit of downhill. So it was very, I would say not necessarily a dynamic range, but it, it had, it had a little, it, it's a square range, but it's not necessarily a flat range because you do have some elevation. Um, it may not seem like a lot, but like when we shot off the tires, you were shooting 600 a little bit downhill. And then your next shot was up at like 1018 or something like that at an 18 went 18 inch wide Ipsic. So from a six inch to an 18 at over a thousand and that small down and then up, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it, for the shooter, it probably plays in into uh, account a little bit. Um, that was one stage that you ended up um, having an issue with your your the six inch target at five and some change or six hundred went down. Um, and to talk about Tom being as fair as possible, uh, he gave you the option of fire around at that six inch target and move or take a full reshoot because the target came off and and you ended up. Um, I think you, you took a reshoot, right? Actually, originally he was trying to figure out which way to do it. And afterwards okay. he's like, no, just reshoot it because that's not fair either. Okay. So the option was reshoot it. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and I shot a lower score than oh, I already no. had if I hadn't shot my last two shots, <laughs> <laughs> but and that's that's just that's just how it works, right? Like, but you made it to I day three. Kept, so I think I had eight points. I think I had six or eight point. I had eight points with two shots to go. No, yeah, it's twelve point stage. I think I had eight points with two shots to go, and I shot it again, and I got a six. Something close seven. to that, yeah. So, um, yeah. But you made it to day three, so there you go. Well, yeah, I knew going in it was. Uh, going to be an endurance race right right so uh for myself uh i had i did zero practice for the ag cup this year um, okay 
I had all kinds of problems with the finale. I hit a deer. It took me almost a week to get home, get my gear home. All my stuff was in pallets in the garage because I had to rent a truck and then get my, you know, my van back. We totaled everything out there and it just ended up being a bit of a, a deal. And so I come back from that and I was super exhausted and uh, I knew my skill set was pretty good. I was pretty tight as far as shooting right now. I'm shooting better than I, you know, I'm shooting well, like I'm well practiced and my brain's clear and, and, and that's a good place for me to be. Um, and I knew that I needed to be more recovered than I needed to, and have the hunger than I needed to go to the AG cup and not have the fight to want to drive for it. Right. Right. And I also knew that it was two days and then a cut on day three. And my strategy was, um, go you know i knew that i would shoot pretty okay on day one i'd probably be shooting dang good on day two and by day three i'd be tight and back to as sharp as i could be right okay so i didn't have a lot of time had a lot of stuff going on with the family that week and and literally i didn't even do load development on my gun i took my finale gun uh, well, I, had, I have I have two guns I carry that are always the same. They're twenty five forty seven. They're mirrors of each other. I had one with like twenty seven hundred rounds on it, but it's the best dang shooting gun I've ever had, and and I've won every match I've shot with it. Right, and then I have another one that I was planning on rebarreling in those couple weeks and having a good shooting gun for the AG Cup, and life didn't happen that way. Right. So, uh my goal was, was to take both guns to, I loaded mm-hmm. 200 rounds for each gun. Um, uh, and then I could shoot the first gun, the bad gun, the first two days, because I didn't know with <laughs> 2,700 rounds on a 2547, it should have died a thousand rounds ago. Right. All right. So and I didn't want to try and get three days of shooting or put 400 rounds on it and trust it to be good enough for AG cup size targets. Right. Well, day one, I shot my, uh bad gun and it was bad <laughs> it was it was really bad uh like i'm pulling triggers i'm like wow it, it's there's no wind here and i'm off the left and then i'm off the right and i'm like this don't make sense you know um and uh i looked at my scores at the end of day one and i'm like oh i don't know if i'll make it into day two or day three if i don't shoot a little better so um, and I didn't have enough, you know, ammo to shoot one gun all week. Right. And, uh, so we asked Tom and Tom's like, yeah, you know, no problem. You can shoot. I mean, the same caliber, same, same load, same everything. There's no right. advantage to one over another. Uh, so I got old reliable out and then I, I hit every damn thing I shot at on day two. Like, I mean, I, I got, uh, I'd miss a shot here on a switch or something minimal. And I, Right. I may have had one or two metal where I didn't make a big enough uh, adjustment. Like we, I shot like a two mile an hour wind or three mile an hour wind all day. And all of a sudden it jumped to like seven and I, right. and I didn't see it like, and so I, I assumed that it was a mistake or an edge hit. So I just made a smaller correction and I was wrong. I should have trusted the bullet. Right. Um, but I shot pretty dang good on day two. I felt really good. And then I, you know, day three, I shot, uh, 
I wouldn't have changed one shot I made on day three. Okay. Like, so I, felt, I, I, I didn't have enough ammo to finish the match. Well, yes, so I was going to say that's going to be fun to talk about. Uh, but I, uh, day three, I shot and I shot really good. I got on the, I think I had one bad stage. I got on the cattle gate and we had a gust of wind come through there. I watched uh, Morgan shoot, who is, I think, just in front of me or whatever. And I mean, I think he got a two on a 12 on that thing. Mm -hmm. And um, like I pulled every pull I made on that trigger was the perfect trigger pull and the perfect decision. And I shot and I think I hit the first target and then I missed the second. I made the big win correction and I had a, I had a big win in between those two, but I think I hit like with the first one with like three tenths, I jumped to five, you know, and that's like three fifty to four, 500 ish at the next one. And then I went all the way to seven, eight on the other one, which only 50 yards larger than the second one. I'm like, right. okay, I got this. So I come back and I apply the same wind to the first target and I blow off the edge that I hit it with the first time go to the second target i hit it dead center and then the third target it lets off all the way off to the left side the same wind <laughs> that i used the time before and i did that i don't know on every i mean every correction it was just i watched the bullet turn 90 degrees the last 200 yards and I, wheeler was the uh ro on that stage and he uh -huh. just laughed after i was done because he watched the same thing i watched through my scope was that bullet just go out there about 200 yards and make a 90 degree turn and then the next time I shot that round, it went out there 200 yards and flew straight as a dart. And it was, there was just absolutely, we couldn't see the wind, couldn't feel the wind because we were behind a hedgerow. And yep. uh, and it was shaded from the light there. We had a front coming through right then. Yep. And uh, so you, you weren't able to feel it and just, you know, favor into it a little more or out a little more. It was just let a rip, watch what happens and make the best decisions you can. I swear I made the best decisions on 12 rounds I think I've ever done. And I think I got a four on that stage, a five. I mean, it was that was a very that tough stage part of crushed the day. my that crushed my day three. You know, that was that was the stage that there wasn't anything I could do. Now I hadn't looked at the scoreboard any day I had been there. Like right. I never looked until I was done and put my gun away in the truck on day three. So Okay. Um so speaking of day three, we started off on the low side and then we backed up three, 400 yards up the hill, shot there. And this, the part that you're talking about is we moved from the two shooting towers around a corner into uh, what basically is their their hunting property. Um, yeah. uh, and then we, we shot there. And um, you're right. We shot up against the hedgerow and then there was a little bit of a clearing and then it went back to hedgerow. So some of the targets were before the, the cut in the trees. Some were past the cut in the trees. Those were probably the two toughest stages. Now, just as a, as a RO, as a spotter, um, I saw shooters have the most trouble there, but not necessarily some of the toughest targets. I think some of those small oh. targets down on the low side were tough. I mean, a four pound bass, how do you measure a four pound bass that Tom puts up his targets? Um, but definitely some tough stuff. And then moving up to the top side with the last four stages. Um, now you said you didn't, you didn't look at the scoreboard at all. Are you keeping notes in your, in your book? I'm like, how many you're down? Are you keeping score in your head at all? Um, so I never keep track not, of how I'm down. Okay. 
uh, I always keep track of how well I do. Like I never right. think in a negative. Right. Uh, um, but so I view that competition totally different. So okay. I don't, I don't game it like, Oh wow. Where am I compared to the field? Right. Right. Uh, at the end of the day, that's where I put in my card and I'm like, I compared to the field this way. Right. Right. But throughout the match, I view every stage completely as an individual stage for me. Like it is nothing I've done. I, I take the information from that earlier in that day, but I am competing against myself on that stage. I I couldn't tell you what anybody shot on any stage other than Morgan's two, because someone said, holy shit, Morgan got a two on that stage. Right. You know, right. I mean, so, uh, and this, you know, something must be wrong. Right. But realistically, I was so focused and introverted on myself that it was, I'm going to look at the stage, I'm going to figure everything out, I'm going to focus my energy on that, and I'm not going to think about anything else. So I I never thought about any other shooters, how they were doing, where, where they were at, never kept track of their scores, never had an idea. When I shot the last round of the day, I had no idea that I was even in, in the top 10. Like, I okay. mean, I had I had no idea where I was at. I shot every stage against myself. Like here, I want to shoot the execute the perfect firing solution and make the best decisions I can. And then at the end of that, and that's the beauty of the AG Cup, right? And then I'm like, oh, wow, this is how I rated against the best in the world that day. You know? Right. So, so would you say that the day, like, do you think that day three was substantially harder than day one or day two? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Day three was the perfect match, right? Every okay. stage, everybody drop points. That's how I think all matches should be, but certainly a G cup matches, right? Okay. I think, I think one day matches should be meatball matches and we have fun, right? I think pro series two day matches. I don't think you, sh I don't think a shooter should be able to clean more than a couple stages of match. Like the best in the world should always drop a point on every other stage, right? Minimum. Like, I mean, I think, I think in order to see how good some that we are, I think some of those targets should push the edge a little bit. Like that's, that's me as a competitor. I don't right. know that that's the best for the sport. That's the best for me. That's what right. I'm there for. Um, I loved, you know, day one and day two, the format, the, the scores were tight. There was very little separation. It was a lot easier match, right? Day three, there was a lot of separation in the scores. And right. that separation was based on the ability to watch your bullet fly, make decisions, shoot small targets, keep your head in the game, and make sure your gun was shooting well. You know, I mean, it was you had to be able to miss, be comfortable with that and go to the next stage and forget about it and move on. Okay. And uh, and I I thought day three was pretty much the perfect AG Cup match. Like it was uh, out of all the matches I've shot, aside from the first one. I would say um, that was probably the the best day of an AG Cup match that I've shot in the last three years for sure. Okay. Probably the last four. Like I was, that was what I, I was proud to shoot that match that day because we had wind, we had small targets, we had very little feedback and you had to make and execute good decisions. So Talk about talk about you're not having enough ammo, uh, real quick, and then I'll hit the uh, I'll hit my my highlight questions real quick. We got we got just a couple minutes left before this is going to kick us off. Yep. Okay. Uh, so 
You said you loaded 400 rounds. Yeah, so I loaded 400. Uh, I believe I, when I asked Christy, I think she said we had like 200 or 330 rounds, 323 rounds was the match. Mm-hmm. I had the reshoot, which cost me 10 or 12, yep. 11, 11. Uh, I switched guns, which cost me 10. And I knew that I kept 340 rounds to shoot that match, right? Mm-hmm. I had them separated. So I'm like, instead of the 350, I went down to 340. Well, the the reshoot was that extra 10 I had. Yeah. And actually, actually, as I as I went back through and, and then I counted day three, I made sure I had that balance of what we shot the first two, but it ended up being there was a few more shots that needed to be fired and I didn't have that extra. But I was trying to manage my equipment and keep, you know, my I cleaned my gun. I fouled my fouled my round, you know, fouled my right. barrel afterwards. I checked zero with the second rifle. I used more ammunition than I expected to, but I went to a minimum number to make sure, you know, right that I managed the day three. So fortunately, I was um about 12 rounds shy uh 13 rounds shy and when you change ammo and powders it takes a gun about eight or ten rounds to get happy right Right. uh if you change so nobody shoots the load i shoot uh (laughs) hell i don't think anybody was shooting the same powder i was shooting uh so the velocities were all over the place for the first two or three rounds and then uh by 10 rounds and it shot well so uh i think i borrowed some stuff off of uh chad heckler Mm-hmm. And, and holy smokes, it was 130 feet a second faster than I shoot my gun. Wow. And my gun did not like it. Like the first three rounds went in one hole and then they went like in a four inch circle. You know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is bad. I couldn't have hit a golf ball if I tried at 100. Uh, so, and then I grabbed some from Jeff Gurry, or Jeff Gary, and uh, I loaded his stuff. It was still a lot hotter than mine. Uh, but it shot and after about seven, eight shots at one hold and ish like one hole with a flyer here and there, but it was pretty good. And I used it on that little KYL rack, which was the pretty small targets. Yes. And that barrel I have just shoots everything really well. And uh 2547 kind of shoots everything really well. And as long as it's not overcharged and it all just, Every shot, it went, it shot fantastic. It didn't affect me at all in a match. Didn't affect me mentally because right. I knew it was what it was, right? Um, you know, I only had so much ammo. It was my fault. And, you know, uh, fortunately, there was four guys in the final day that was all shooting the same caliber. So, and a couple that didn't make the final day, and I was able to get ammo and make and make it work. So. There you go. Yep. So you shot your last stage, which was the KYL. You shot that stage with borrowed ammo? Yeah. Then that was a small KYL with a lot of wind, and that wind changed every shot. So there was multiple shooters where I would see, like, the shot on the left and then the shot on the right side of the plate, and the shot on the left side of the plate, the shot on the right side of the plate. It was was an extremely challenging – um stage not only for target size but also only 90 seconds and there was three moves you started modified prone on the table then uh prone on the ground and then back to modified prone on the table if i'm not mistaken 
you got an 11 out of 12 on that by, and you missed the last shot modified prone on the table, correct? Yeah. Yep. So I was real careful. I knew that it was a small target and I knew the up downs might be a problem. Uh, because, you know, you were laying a little bit of a ditch there. And so when right. you're right behind a rifle versus laying down behind a rifle, you can sometimes get your face in not the ideal location. So I was real careful. Like, as soon as I built my position, I took my head in a circle, made sure there wasn't any any scope shadow. I watched it in one of the videos, right? Right. I, it was really cool to sit there and watch me versus Andy versus Clay on a couple of those stages. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, I was trying to measure my efficiency after the fact, like I never do it during a match. Like, I don't, I don't care how anybody else shoots. I'm shooting against me. Right. Right. Uh, I just care how I stacked against them, but I got down, I moved my head in a circle, seeing that I had no parallax involved in, in, involved. And I'm like, Oh, we're good. And then I shot and I want to say, I watched the first one hit way right. I actually reached up, dialed. I dialed the wind for that stage, uh, dialed a tenth or two off of my original dope, hit the next one dead center, hit the next one dead center, and then all of a sudden it squeaked lefter <laughs> again, <laughs> which I would have needed to take more off, but I favored right. I hit it, but I favored, I seen I hit left to center. So I went back to the, went down and went back to the big target, and then that lull had gone to back to right of center, you know, I shot center on that one to see where it hit, I think. And it hit right of center. So I made that correction. And I went back to holding that original wind call that I had dialed, which I think was five or six tenths. Uh, so I dialed five or six, went back to three, shot it across and kind of favored a tenth or two either way, a tenth either way on that one. Went back down, shot, seen it was right, back up from th three, four to five or six, whatever it was. And then I played that. And then, you know, I mean, literally every shot I was moving it uh, a half a tenth right, a half a tenth left, trying to keep it in the center of the plate. Fortunately, uh, I was able to see everything. Like I was watching golf balls fly through the air that day. You know, I was, I was pretty focused. And then like – I move up to the top position, move my head around. It's good. I hit dead center on the first shot. I'm like, man, let a rip tater chip. And, you know, I just boom, boom, boom. And I go to the fourth target and I hesitated just a second to make sure. I even think I took my head around to make sure it was good before I fired that last shot. I made a really good trigger pull and I watched that bullet just slip, I think, right off the right edge, if I remember right. I can't remember. But I think that wind just picked back up and it dropped back again to that three, four. And it went right back up to that five, six again. And yeah. it, and I mean, hell, that target was the size of, I don't, I don't, it wasn't very big. It was, no, it was, so that was a half, two inches. No, they, they Maybe. actually zip tied the, the two inch target out of play. So that you guys only okay. shot the four targets. So it was four, four, and four. The smallest target was a two inch, and that was, that was actually zip tied off to the side so you guys didn't have to shoot the two inch so i think that was a three or a four inch at 550 if i'm not mistaken so yeah with and it and it was it was i don't know it was nothing i mean it changed every shot like, oh yeah 100 it, it was enough 
that it literally moved. That bullet was two inches right or two inches left every other shot, right? Oh, 100%. And it wasn't the ammo. The ammo was fine. It was just that wind was up and down, and it did it for every shooter. Yeah, uh, for sure. And it was nice to be able to keep track of it. And I knew that second to the last one, man, I dead centered that. I'm like, man, here we go. And probably shouldn't have checked my parallax for that last shot and just sent <laughs> it. And I might have got there a half a second sooner. And uh, But normally, if I'm going to make a mistake, it's going to be, you know, not a great trigger pull. So I figured that making sure the parallax was right on that small target, making a good trigger pull, because I'm telling you the one before, I couldn't hit it any more center. I could have put that thing through a washer. Right. Know? I mean, it was, it went right center elevation, center windage. It was perfect. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't miss that next one. Watch me miss it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you finished up. That was your last stage of the day, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then obviously everybody came up and told you, hey, good job. They had seen the scoreboard, they knew where you're at, kind of find out where you're sitting. Um, I think there was a three, like a three-way tie for third, um, before you shot and then you shot and you moved up. Uh, and I think you were in second and clay needed a, um, he was getting ready to shoot the, that log tree or something like that. And he needed a, a 10 to tie and then 11 to, to, to move into second place. Did you go over and watch him for that or? Did you kind of? I didn't. Uh, I mean, I did go over at that point. I mean, I I didn't know. I knew that every shot I made that day was the perfect shot, right? Right. And I knew that the cattle gate took me out of contention uh, to win it. Okay. Uh, at least so I thought, right? Uh, and so I just kept shooting the best match I could. Well, then as soon as I'm done, you know, someone, Chad, or someone come up to me and said, wow. You know, if Clay gets a 10 on this, you guys have a shoot-off for second. And I'm like, I mean, I knew Andy was crushing it, and I didn't think anybody right. could catch him, right? Uh, and I had no idea that I was anywhere in the top three, four, five, right? I just – I assumed I was probably about fifth, sixth because I shot really, really good. Uh, but I knew I made a mistake, and you can't make a mistake against the best, right? Right. Uh, and then I heard that, and I'm like – well, shit, a 10 pretty tough on that stage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a... just started letting down just a little bit right then. And, uh, I mean, a ten, 10 was damn good on that stage. Like, yeah. Uh, and I think he got an 11 on it. He did. And that secured his uh, second place. And that's pretty awesome. So, of the five years, this is the first time you've been on the podium. Like, what was that initial like? Is it the the sticker shock? Is it the the overwhelming amount of emotions? Like what what was going through your head when you knew okay, I'm on the podium at the AG Cup, which at the time uh, we thought it was the last AG Cup, right? Uh, so like say the AG Cup's the only thing that's ever mattered to me in 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 in, in the big game. Like it's the match that matters, right? And I had a pretty good year and I had a really shitty finale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would, uh, I, I didn't, I felt like everybody was going to have trouble beating me at the finale. And then I don't want to come up with excuses, but I wasn't really focused on shooting those couple days. Cause 
I had a lot of other stuff I was focused on and I'm surprised that it took, I'm surprised that I made mistakes. It cost me shooting well at the finale. Okay. And then I knew I was so tired going to the AG cup. I'm like, man, I'm not practiced, but if I can make it into day three, I'll be practiced, right? I'll be right. tight for day three. And the fact that I shot what I felt to be the perfect match. I mean, so I wouldn't have changed on day three. I wouldn't have changed one thing about any shot I made. And I wouldn't have changed my execution on anything. When I got on that log stage, I think I cleaned the first nine targets and then I dropped into that prone position. I didn't check my parallax there, but I seen I didn't have any shadow and I missed the last three shots. Uh, and it was because I wasn't properly square behind a rifle. I took a modified prone position there up, you know, and I wasn't quite where I should have been. Okay. I didn't feel like I could have made a mistake and I dropped three shots there that I really shouldn't have. Like, I mean, I centered the plate on the first nine and I think I was a first shooter there and I centered the shot on the first nine and I was, man, it was perfect. And I got down in that position and nothing changed other than I got, I introduced parallax because I, I didn't build the exact same position in that low position. And that was a mistake, but I, it was a mistake that I didn't, I couldn't have seen. Like, I mean, right. Uh, it, it, it was, um, I made all the wind decisions that I would have made based on what I had looking at the conditions. It, it all made sense, but really I was shooting half a 10th high because I was just out of, out of alignment with the rifle. Um, so at, at, to get, to get a cup, that was a big deal to me. Like yeah. I shot pretty much what I consider the best match I could have shot. Um, and to get rewarded for that with a cup is pretty awesome. I think, I mean, there's not very many of them cups in the world. Right. And the fact that I, I have one that, that means a lot to me. Like I went home and I'm like, well, I had a great season. I shot really well all year. Um, after not being able to shoot or, you know, having all the injuries and all that for the two years before, yep. to be able to come back and feel like I'm a contender again and I can shoot as good as I used to or even better. Uh, and uh, that really excites me for what next year can do. So, like, it's it's nice to be healthy. My mind's clear. My brain's clear. My body's good enough. It's not perfect, but it's uh, – you know, it'll never be perfect, but it's good enough for the way we do things, you know. Right. So, uh, it's not, uh, fortunately, I'm not doing a marathon before we do it. <laughs> so, now that you have a cup, are you shooting the sixth uh, AG Cup series? Uh, I will shoot every AG Cup as long as they're in existence. Okay. So, like, even when the year I ripped my hamstring off, I shot a AG cup match just so I could qualify and I fired one round <laughs> so I could make the qualification and I did it with crutches. I paid you the entry literally fee just and walked up and took a round on fired a one round and then I ROed the rest of the match. I went on crutches, fired oh. one round because that's how much the AG cup means to me. Like, you know, and I was, it was with the hopes that by the AG cup time, I'd be healthy enough that I could shoot it. Well, uh, wow. I didn't realize it was over to your recovery, but that's, I mean, the AG cup is it like, I didn't care about the finale. I didn't care about, I mean, I care about it. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but the AG cup is 
as a competitor, that's where I get to see how all the best shoot on their own and where I rated. Right. And the fact that day three, we had tough conditions and um, the targets were small and that's the way the AG cup should be. And I think that Tom put on the perfect AG cup. I mean, it was, you know, the first day I'm like, man, we need some smaller targets here. We're all bunched up. Right. You know, and that was okay. Right. Uh, and, and I think it worked out well, big targets kind of see where you roll, roll out. And then day three, put it to you. And fortunately the wind showed up and, uh, man, I love that match. Just love so, the match. I love the people. I love the vibe, love the ROs, everything about it. It's I think, the best match in the world. I think that was probably the toughest day three in the five years for sure. Well, the first, the first, AG Cup was only a two-day match. First year was different. The right. First year was. But like out of the last of the four where they've had the three-day, I think that was the toughest three-day or day three that we've that we've had. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, because there's no there's there's no hidden spots on K and M, like K and M is K and M. You're then, holding straight up. You're holding left edge. Right, and then you've got, <laughs> and then you've got arena, which whether you do it on the KD or the UKD range, like arena is arena, but to have a 2,500 acre facility shoot day one and day two on the normal PRS line, and then go to their hunting side where not even their members have, have been on that range. I've said it, I said it on another podcast after you guys got done shooting day two, um, the first eight stages, I RO'd those. um, I helped RO those. And then for stage nine and ten, they only needed two squads ROs. So I let the other the other ROs go do that. I went and pulled all the banners and then ran what I needed up to the day three side. Well, Matt Sprouse was one of the ROs. He is a member at that range or shoots there all the time. He'd never seen that sign. He's like, Well, I want to see where we're shooting. So I took him over there to where we were, where you guys were going to be. And he's like, Oh, this is going to be tough. And I was like, This is going to be real tough and turns out like you don't you go to any two-day match you don't see jeff geary yourself um you don't see these guys dropping five six seven rounds on a stage you don't you don't see it like i've been at a bunch of two-day matches i haven't seen the best shooters in the world get a two or a four on a 12 round stage we just don't see it so like when we um jeff geary had a really tough time in the back of the truck he was a he apparently he was a top contender until that stage. And then that wobbly truck, those small targets, that that open cut in the wind up against that hedgerow, like he didn't have a great stage. And you yeah. know that took him out of it. Like we like we as the non-professional air quotes um shooters, we don't see you guys struggling on that and in, in that capacity unless there's like a major equipment malfunction or something like that so to see that and be like man this was a really tough match well and that's the beauty of a tough match is you can drop a few points on a stage and then you can execute your way back right, right. as opposed to uh a match that you can't afford to drop a shot right, right? then you know you can't fight your way back the match is over the first shot you miss you know what i mean and that's i love and i i think most 
I don't think it's best for the sport to be that way, but it's certainly best for the top competitors. They, they, the guys that really are just trying to cut each other's throat to find out who's the best, you know, I right. mean, they just want to, uh, I think it's a craving that we all have, which is why we shoot the AG cup, you know? So, so what was it, what was it like to have your competitor, your friend, your, your teammate, for you guys to be first and third with Andy Slade taking first and you, you taking third. So I had no idea that, I mean, I didn't think anybody was going to beat Andy in that match in the first place. Right. Okay. Um, I knew that I, before the finale, I didn't think, I mean, I was shooting pretty good and I thought, wow, this is, I'm, I'm going to be a contender there. Right. Um, but I knew Andy and I've shot with him all year and his system and how he's applying it and his drive he's got that hunger that drive that extra that extra extra right right and uh i knew if his equipment did a good job that he was going to be very tough to beat um and and he was like i mean he he did that executed that perfectly i thought after the first two stages of day one that everybody was going to have a tough time beating me. Right. <laughs> and then I shot the cattle gate on, on stage three, <laughs> I think, uh, or whatever. And, uh, and I'm like, Oh, well, on the other hand, yeah, I'll just can see how I can shoot well the rest of the day and have a good match. Right. Uh, but, uh, and then Andy seemed to just be crushing everything and, and making minimal, mis- minimal, when I say mistakes, making really good decisions that always worked out. Right. Right. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I was glad to see him win. Like, I mean, I, I really want to see how I stack up against everybody, but I am not selfish to where I want to win and I don't want you to win. Like, I just want to shoot the best match I can. And if you can shoot a better match than that, I'm really glad you won it. Right. And I think all the guys that are in the cap works are that way. Like, the two day match, yeah. Like we've got our, our 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 friendly rivalries, and I got my buddies that I want to beat. And I'm like, dang it, I really want to beat this guy one day. But we've yeah. got, you know, the best the best 38 shooters or 28 shooters in the country. Everybody wants everybody to do well because they want to beat right. everybody on their best day, not an equipment thing or a you know whatever the situation may be. Everybody wants to beat everybody on their best day. Exactly. That's the deal. When you're at the top, it's when, you know, when you're a top competitor, you basically only want to beat someone at their best, right? right? Because if you don't beat them when they're at their best, you didn't really beat them. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, and everybody there brought their A game for the most part, right? Everybody there had all their equipment lined out. I mean, there's there was some problems here and there, but I mean, everybody knew that was a big deal match. And I think any one of those shooters could have won that match. Any AG cup. Right. I mean, I think, and we all know it. And the fact that someone does a great job, I think we all appreciate the job they do. And, uh, and it's, it's just, you know, uh, I thought clay was going to be pretty tough to beat after he crushed those first two days. I mean, that was, that was a pretty stellar two days. Oh, absolutely. Day one and day two. Uh, you know, uh, and I mean, 
and Andy was right there. I don't remember what, I mean, he had a pretty good score, but I think Andy was like second or third. And I was like 18th, I don't 10th after two, but I was like 18th <laughs> or 19th after one. I mean, it started pretty bad. Uh, but, uh, my day two was, uh, it was pretty dang perfect. And then my day three was pretty dang perfect. And, you know, so at the age, so this is kind of funny. So the AG cup, there's $75,000 on the line, right. Between all the stages, the day two winner, and then first, second, third for the cup. Now team MDT walked away with a lot of checks. You guys, thousand dollars or something it was pretty crazy 40, forty five thousand dollars between stage wins and then first and third place for for the match overall so right. um pretty, has to be happy <laughs> right it was pretty amazing like uh you know we had we did that we had the money up at the end and it was like holy smokes i think pinch got five stage wins i could have these wrong francis got four um, I don't remember what Chad got. Um, and then Andy got one or two stage wins and thirty thousand dollars. Right. I got a stage win, and then I got third place money. You know, I mean, so um, I never, I couldn't believe I got a stage win. Uh, I think the win I got was on the stage that uh, Clay cleaned or Clay the stage clay finished on or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and it was a mistake. I didn't clean that stage, but I still got it with, uh, with an 11 or something like that. Got 11 yeah. with the time. Yep. Yep. So, uh, wrapping up, I've kind of asked everybody the, the following, the following questions. So I want to get, um, your opinion as well. Um, I'm not asking to ask the, the final year question cause it's not, um, do you think that the the two day or do you think that the AG Cup series being integrated into the regular two day national match with there being a two day match winner, maybe not lining up with the AG Cup match winner for a regular two day? Do you think that that seemed to have take away anything from the regular match like You've got the regular match winner. He's got the trophy. He's got the first walk on the prize table. He's got all that stuff. But then you've got this AG Cup guy that gets two, $3,000, depending on how many AG Cup shooters there were. Do you think that combining those two took anything away from it um, over the last two years of them doing it that way? Uh, I was a huge fan of when it was a match of champions, right? Like, okay. I love the way it was first done in the beginning. The invite that's not the... the way to get the big amount of money because there's not that many. I mean, you know, at the right. end of the year, uh, I think they went back two years or three years to get enough winners to get the 20, 20 shooters, people. right? Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, it was a different now. We've got 45 matches, and I don't know how that plays out, right? Right? Uh, but the fact of the matter is, you've got a handful of shooters that win a number of matches, and you know, and that's that that limits the pull down. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. As far as having the two day winner be separate from the AG cup winner, more often than not, they were the same. Okay. Uh, occasionally they were not. Um, the AG cup guys have a lot more money invested, right? right. I mean, they're paying another thousand dollars more. They're putting $250 in every 
uh, every match because they're they're basically funding that money that they're shooting for. Right. And uh, I think that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I uh, I don't care how they do it. The bottom right. line is I'm going to shoot every AG Cup match I can. And as long as the finales, <clears throat> excuse me, all stay the same, where the AG Cup is a tough match and you know you shoot head to head in those same conditions however tom wants to run it it's always going to be the best match i've ever shot as far as um if they wanted to make it part of the series where everybody had to pay 50 dollars to shoot a pro series match and that money went to the ag cup you know the top 10 shooters uh i think that would be a good way to do it but I don't know that that would be uh, looked upon positively since we haven't, we don't have any history of that. Like, right. you know, ironically, when we look at how we do the money, <laughs> the match director basically keeps the money from a match and puts that money back into what it takes for that. None of that money really comes back to the shooters at most matches. Right. Right. In the bass fishing world, uh, they take 80% and 20% is divided up into a pot, right? Right. And that's, that's pretty cool. Um, in the AG Cup, you know, since we're going to pay extra money to be an AG Cup deal, all that money comes back to those, to only the people that put money in the kitty. And anybody who wants to put money in that kitty is welcome to. Yeah. So uh, I think it's a good way because if you don't want to put the money in, you don't have to. Um uh, and you know if they're going to keep them together i think that's probably a good way to do it because then hell i don't know i just want to shoot a match and i want to <laughs> shoot against you know people i got, just want to shoot have, the toughest match you know it's been brought up people have skin in the game they can go to a match and walk away with some money if they do well if there's more people that shoot that match then there's there's they pay out to lower um they pay out to you know fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, instead of just one, two, three. So just a, just a question. Like I've, I haven't heard anybody complain, but I just figured I'd, you know, come up with a tough question. <laughs> I would like to, I mean, I, I, I don't know that it matters, but I would like to see, um, I would like to see the shooters even, you know, I would like to see a match get to get to the point where every match pays 10 places. And oh, wow. okay. uh, now those seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth places aren't very much, right? Yeah. But I would like to see that every pro series match has a small thing for ten places. On the other hand, the price tables we have and the sponsors and what they do, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's pretty significant. You sure as hell can't complain about that. Like, oh, I mean, no. I mean, there's the, so much the, stuff the, on the, the price the sport table and the industry and what. Right. It, There's so much stuff on the prize table. I mean, even the ROs get to walk the prize table. Like, right. Depending on the match, it, you and, have to and I mean, taken care of, you don't get taken care of. You're, you're some people comp hotels, some comp, um, you know, food and drink, or you know, give you a walk on the prize table. Heck, Alabama Precision gives you an entry into the next two day, like, and puts you in a hotel and blessed. table, like. Yeah. How blessed are, are we to have a prize table and have that oh, work out and, and whatever. So realistically, dude, I'm just glad to shoot matches. Like I don't care whether there's prize table, not a prize table. As long as there's good competition and a tough match, 
That's all I care about. Like that's, awesome. that's, uh, it, it allows me to work on my skill set. At the end of the day, I can look at my matchbook and I have 10 things to work on to get better. And if I finish a match and I only have seven things to get better, well, then I made a pretty good improvement and, you know, I'll just work a little harder on those. But, you know, as long as after I'm done shooting every match, I can see holes in my game that I need to fill, which I've never not found one. Right. You know, uh, then that's that's what I'm here for. I'm here to compete and try and figure that out. And uh, that's my jam, man. I just I want to figure out what I need to be to be better. So. And without great competition, there's no way to do that. So my advice to everybody out there is shoot with the best competitors you possibly can and try and, 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 uh, and learn from them and, or see what, you know, see how, how they make decisions just slightly different, you know? Okay. Um, last two questions. What did the AG cup get right? And I think we've kind of, you've kind of talked about it a bunch, but what did they get right? Uh, day three no over the uh, over the ag cup what did the ag cup in general what did they get right ag cup gets right is they take a small group which is the only way to do it because you cannot do it with a large group of individuals they put them on a very similar course of fire at the same times in the same conditions and most importantly without them being able to help each other right okay. uh the first year was the best year, and that was because right. we weren't able to even watch the other shooters or even know what they got for scores, right? Yep. Uh, there's not really very many facilities in the U.S. that we could do that. And to set up a match like that is 100 times tougher than the, yeah. what we're already doing, right? And it's not realistic. Um, but the AG Cup gets that right. You know, hey, we're not sharing wind. We're not talking about wind. We're not talking about strategy. Um, we're talking about, Hey man, you get, how, how's your kids? Uh, you know, Oh, I just bought a new race car. Oh, Hey, my dog likes to bite people. You know, I mean, (laughs) just, we get to talk about fun stuff. Right. And we get to give each other a hard time and I, and, uh, and be hyper-focused and I just, the AG cup gets that right. Like, and Tom has nothing invested for any one person to win. He is always going to make sure that he runs the fairest match possible and the fact that we're able to trust him with that that's just that's amazing like i mean um i just i love everything about the match it's perfect so what's your favorite or your yeah what's your what's your best ag cup memory out of the five years what's your favorite memory from an ag cup uh I would say leading day one at the first one. Okay. Right. Uh, because at that point I was young in my shooting career, my experience, and I, I envied a lot of those shooters and I wanted to know, or, you know, I had always been trying to see how I rated against them and then to have that match and to shoot really, really well. Uh, and or maybe even day two, I forget, but, you know, to, to shoot well, and be able to rate myself in idea, you know, fair conditions back to forth. That was pretty amazing to me. And then this year was pretty great. Like I, I had no equipment failures. I had, you know, I had the best equipment I felt I could possibly have. Um, and I, I made sure of that this year. Like I, 
I went through my equipment and I said, I will run the best equipment I possibly can, right? Uh, equipment will not be a problem for when I shoot this season. Um, and then I took that. And then the fact that I shot, okay, I finished third, but I shot the best match I could possibly shoot. There was not one shot I would have changed. Okay. And I mean, in hindsight, I could, I seen why I missed, right. but given the information going into every shot, I applied what I would consider the best pot, the best decision I could make. And I couldn't see how I should have made a different decision, right. On every shot on day three. And I come home very satisfied. Like, I mean, Hey, Andy's better than me. At least that day he was right. Right. Clay's, Clay was better than me that day. Right. And, uh, I shot the best match I possibly could and I didn't make any mistakes. So, and that doesn't mean I'm the best. It means that match I was the third best, right? You know, right. Uh, in the next one, I might be the 10th best or the 20th best or the second best. You know, I mean, it just, but I felt like I shot the perfect match. I come home satisfied. I come home at the end of the year. I'm like, wow, I had a great season. I finished well at the AG Cup. I accomplished everything I went out to do this year. If I don't shoot again next year, which I will, uh, <laughs> you know, then I've, I've, I've checked those boxes. Right. And, uh, I got a cup, like, you know, the cup is a big deal. There's only 15 people that have those. Right. And of course, you know, I'd like to have the big cup with all the money in it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it was, man, I'm, I'm proud of that cup. Like that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, for sure. and, uh, and everybody that has one just, really did really really well to get it so i don't know who has a bunch of them i'm sure more than one of them have a couple uh but it's pretty awesome yeah that's something we should probably find out who has more than one uh if anybody has more than one i think it's gonna be austin or Gain. austin that would be my guess yeah because he i think yeah. he took second or third a year and then he he's won it so if because I did my research, and I'm pretty sure he's the only one that has two. Yeah. In fact, hold on, let me look. That's crazy, isn't it? When you look at all those shooters, right? No, Jason Green. My mistake. Jason Green. Dude, so. Jason Green, man. He, I think, well, the year that, uh, two years in a row, he, I think he was tied on the last day. Mm-hmm. And like he lost the shoot off against Chad yep. the first year. And then I forget, but Last I mean, year. so he's got, that, a, he's got a third place and a second place trophy. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, dang, that's, that's super cool. So I need another one is what you're saying. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's always next year. So there uh, is next year. With, and I will get uh, another one. With the uh, with the clock winding down, I'm going to turn it over to you. Any last words? Any uh, any parting thoughts or wisdom as as we roll this down, and we'll sign off and let uh, let let it roll out. No, uh, man, I'm just blessed to be a part of the community and be able to shoot it and to be to be able to compete against everybody out there. And uh, uh, you know, thank you for doing the podcast and. RON and doing all that and all the ROs and most importantly thank Tom for dude Tom sponsor the AG Cup 
if you are, uh, you know, if you're going to sponsor a series, sponsor that AG Cup because Tom works so hard to make that the best match he possibly can. And, uh, you know, the AG Cup is it, man. Come watch the AG Cup. Come shoot the AG Cup. Like, it's super cool to see where you where you stack up. And it's the only match I've ever shot every year that you kind of see where you rate against the very best right. because there's no conditions that separate it. It's pretty much, Hey man, this is, you know, you get to see what you need to work on at the end of that match and what you need, where you can improve to try and get better. And even if even Andy who won it has a list of a number of things he needs to improve so he can try and win it next year. You know, I guarantee it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Well, fantastic. Um, well, thank you for joining me. Uh, this did run a little bit longer, but I mean, we're talking guns and matches and, and fun stuff. So of course we're going to guns, matches, that. dogs, fishing, all kinds of stuff, race right? cars, deer, I'm race thinking. cars. Yeah. <laughs> Gunsmithing. Uh, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, she's stacking chairs. Well, she's mm. helpful. Oh, that wasn't a terrible form. That's not bad. But now she's scraping it across the floor. What in the world? Lift it up. <laughs> you too. Thank you. Now she's just throwing pens down. Oh, she just got hit in the shin. Acted like it didn't happen. Smile Fan on her face. Fantastic. Well, folks, we are here with not only the HE Cup two-day champ, but we're also talking with the second pl second place AG Cup finisher and the proud recipient of an AG Cup trophy, which I think was his whole goal is set out here and get a darn cup. And it happened. I wanted one of those cups so bad. <laughs> so bad. So you made it happen today. So uh, we talked previously. This one will probably come out before that one. But we did talk about your two-day finish. We talked about who you are, what you do, what you're shooting. So that's already covered. So if you haven't heard it yet, listen to that one. You can find all that info. We want to hear about your day three. So we shot up on the hill, stages one through 20. It was good. There was, you know, some far distance, some open, open field um, type of terrain. But day three, we shot a field match mm -hmm. what felt very much like a field match um we started out on the th thousand yard range we shot a couple of, shot two stages there we moved over to um we backed up basically and shot over where we had previously shot and that went out to 1290 or something like that something crazy far i didn't ro that stage so i don't remember exactly what it was but we had some very small targets um and then we moved over, and then it really was just open field, no berms, tall grass. Yep. If you missed, you didn't get any feedback. You had to either spot your trace or see a limb break in the in the tree line and, and or catch guess, your shot. Or guess well. Or guess well. Um, what do you think of today's match? Because today was basically a one-day match for all the marbles. Right. So, uh, obviously, I did not come out on top today, but today was by far my favorite day. Okay. Um, you know, I... For whatever reason, I don't think I was fully awake when the day started, but 
I was, we did random squatting this morning. Um, we didn't know anything about our stages or squads, and we start out, and uh, I cleaned the first stage, and they were very tiny targets from stumps, but when I say I wasn't awake, like, I almost made a bad mental mistake. I, it was two different positions, and I shot the first six shots, and I ran the bolt to start over again. And okay. I was like, oh, uh-oh. Lifted the bolt up, moved positions, and then went back through it. And, and I cleaned it, and I felt very fortunate to not have burned one there. And then the next stage, the first two sets of targets were a 3 MOA and a 1 MOA. And then it was at 6, that was a 3, 4, and then 5, 6, 7, 8, two different 1 MOA targets. And I dropped one there. And so I felt like I'd really gotten past, like, what the, nothing could be more difficult than, right. than those. Like, I was like, I've, I've got past, we can go to the next one. And I, I still don't know how I did it, but I dialed 6.8 instead of 4.8. Uh, to start the uh, the next stage, and it was it was on tank traps. It was effectively a T whale rack right. um, at 700 yards, and I sent the first one, and I saw where it hit. I saw where right. it hit, but I was like, man, I just made my a bad wind call. It curved behind the target, and then it skipped, and that's right. why I saw it so far back there. I did not okay. miss it by 200 yards. Right, um, and so I make a an adjustment for wind, and it hits in almost the same spot on the next turn. I'm like, what is going on? I was like, okay, I, there's obviously something that I don't know here. So right. I made a, a conscious decision to shoot at the base of the T-post there to get some information because I was like, something is bad wrong okay. right now. And it hits in all, what looks like to be the same spot way back there. I'm like, what is going on? And I, I I stop, and I'm like looking after each one of these shots. I'm like, something's not right. And I look at my turret. I look at what I have on, you know, and I'm like, something's not right. So I actually pull out my phone on the clock and, you know, make sure, like, what is my dope? And it says 4.8. I look at my turn, it says 6.8. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Right. So I roll it down two mils and then and then go from there. And they were extremely t- small targets. It was at 6.98. And I think there was two different six-inch targets right. on that rack. So I ended up missing the small target twice anyway. So I burned five points there. And that felt so bad at the time. Um, next stage was... What you said, it went up to 1290, it was 890, and then every 100 yards from there to right. 1290. And, and those fir- were 18-inch wide Ipsics. So yeah, was- they, were, they, they, they looked big compared to everything right. else that we shot at. But I hit the first one. It looks good in the center. I was like, man, I can't. the wind's pretty light right now. Right. Like, it can't be much more than that. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep the same thing because I think it's more spindrift than anything right now, especially we're shooting that tunnel. And, and I missed by three-tenths. So I was like, Oh, okay. So I, I correct it. I move over, hit, hit, hit. I was like, okay, I'm on now. Like, I'm going to get a nine out of this. Come back to the first one. Um, I hit it, and then I never scratched another one. Um, so I got a five there. So I dropped 10 points, you know, just bang, bang. After getting past what I thought was the really hard stuff, I was like, oh, no. And so I'm in 13th place there. And okay. I, was, I was like, wow. this is this has gone, like, real bad in a hurry. And it's that moment where you're like, man, do you start going for stage wins? Like, do you start going? Right. You know, Try and go and, fast and get some money out of the weekend. Yeah. And we go to the next stage, and I genuinely believe it's the hardest stage that I've ever shot. And Really? After I shot it, Morgan's like, man, how'd you do it? Because I got a three over here. I was like, oh, great. Yeah, I was like, man, that was probably the hardest stage I've ever shot. And I was like, I feel like I shot it pretty well, and I got a seven. And which, um, which stage was that? Off the truck. Oh, okay, yeah. so you're saying the truck yeah. you think was the hardest stage you've ever shot? Very, very possibly. So for for you guys, we had four different targets. I'm just gonna ballpark the distances. It was like five fifty, six twenty, seven hundred, and eight hundred. You know, something right. roughly like that. And it was a like a six inch target, and then a bass, and then a, like a seven inch and an eight inch. I mean, they were not they, they were, were not, small. They were not gimmies, and you shoot it off the top of the truck, which you could do with the bipod. 
and then you know most people are bringing a tripod into the back of the truck you had two different positions there and let me just tell you you needed a tripod right. um, because after i got through the second position i knew how much time i had left i was like i'm not getting through this so i tried to abandon ship and go to just a bag and as soon as i did that i was like oh I, I have I have messed up. That was like, a terrible. And <laughs> I made uh, bad life choices. Bad life choices. Um, and I mean, there's no feedback. The targets are very small. Um, the wind has started really getting up here. Um, and and so you're shooting. You've described the 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 targets and the prop, but these targets were in the middle of essentially what was a cutout path of almost like a uh, the field right next to it was a cornfield. Right. And. I mean, you've got some knee-high grass in one spot, and then all the three other targets were up against the tree up line. Up against the tree line. So there was zero feedback. I yep. mean, the only f real feedback I saw as a as a RO and spotting that stage and calling impacts was somebody shot, hit a tree branch, and a tree branch fell down. And that was the only thing somebody could have seen other than that, that it was just getting ate up. Like, uh, you weren't seeing feedback. Yeah. I, I unfortunately did not get the tree ranch. And so <laughs> what I missed, it became the, the guessing game. And, you know, there's some logic to it to try and figure out what's most likely on, on where that bullet went. Because you got to trust your elevation. Um, and, and I pulled out a seven. And at the time, that was the best score in our squad. But right. when I saw, like, guys like Ken Sanofsky and, you know, like Jeff Gary and, like, really good shooters not do that well. And I got a seven. I was like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be going. Like, I don't want to go for stage wins. I think maybe right. I can crawl. I think back I can into hang it. into this. Yeah. And, you know, heard how, you know, Austin Oregon, who is as good as it gets, Morgan King, as good as it gets, you know, did not do well on the other stage. I was like, you know what? I think, I think maybe I got a chance here. So went to the other stage and halfway through it, um, I broke a target. And so they stopped, stopped time. Yep. And they went and fixed the target. And they asked me, you know, basically, what did I want to do? And Rishi was not an option. Um, which I had started with a tripod and decided halfway through I did not like that and went somewhere else. And it wouldn't be fair if I went up there and reshot it without the tripod, knowing what I knew. Right. And so they were like, basically, you can, you know, start going to the next position. Um, or I don't remember what the other option was, but it, there was reshoot was not an option. Um, and again, I don't think it would have been fair to right. do it to, to do it that way. But Tom came up with a really good idea, and I think this is probably the best way I've ever seen it is he had me so that it was the first of the three targets that broke right and i had just hit the last target and he said it won't count for points but we'll start the time on your shot right and you shoot at target three but it won't count for anything right. just to and get some information because yep. it's been you know 10 minutes since right. i got to shoot so like to get some to learn to know something about the conditions and so i took that shot so i loaded one extra in my mag i didn't like go back to 12 again i just like had seven in the mag one that didn't count and the other six and uh and put what was a pretty decent score on the stage, eight, eight out of twelve, which you know in a lot of matches doesn't cut it. But like these were hard targets. I mean, like that prairie dog is maybe a tenth and a half wide. I mean, it right. was very small. The the square was not even three tenths wide, and then the bass is maybe two tenths wide. I mean, they're, right. they're, small. they're small targets. Um, so an eight felt you know pretty good. Um, and when we go up to the top side, it was very open. You know, very open, very open. And uh, first, like four shooters in our squad on the next stage get like. 12 points combined i mean it's it's a troop line effectively near to far off of two different positions and um i hit the first target and i go to the second target and i see a very clear hole dug on the left side of the target i'm like man that's probably for proof and tar proof in the stage that's not like these guys that's not where they missed that and i shoot what makes sense to me 
goes in the same hole. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. That, all right. And that I, was feedback I yeah, should have taken. That's what I, I should have like known <laughs> that these guys are that good, you know, and that something was just weird there. And I ran out the rest of it, came back, missed the close one, and then hit the next four. So I got an eight there. And I felt really good about that one because yeah, like most 100%. people are getting, you know, three, four, you know, on that one. Um, and uh, flipped to the other side. And it was effectively a TYL rack from four different positions. Did well on that one. Got a 10 on that. Um, and then we go to a TYL rack. And this is the po point that people know, like, I either have a real good chance at a cup or none at all. And right. so you got to see some crazy fast bolt running from guys like, you know, Kale. He, mm -hmm. he won that state, the, the TYL. He was at 550. And I, I think the small target was four inches at 550. Yeah. Um, you know, not not big. 11, uh, 11 to four. Um, very, very small. And you got guys doing that in 45 seconds. You know, it was crazy watching how fast like people would go. Four, I think it was 46.55 was that's, his time. That's crazy fast. And, um, and to, the only other person that was close to him was uh, Francis, and he dropped one, and then he just slowed it down. And, yep. like, he's like, I'm going for my points. Yep. Yep. You know, when I watched him do that, I was like, man, like, maybe that target's not four inches because he's really going fast. And when I got up there, I looked at it, I was like, I can't even hardly see it. It looks smaller than the strap does. Right. And, I mean, if you're generous. because it was. Yeah. <laughs> if you're generous and say it's a .8 MOA target, like, most people probably don't shoot a .8 MOA group at 550, let alone right. hit a target that's that size. And um, I went as slow. I was probably the slowest time out of everybody. Um, yep. I was trying to get everything. I, I, I was able to clean that one. Um, and our last stage was a troop line, six targets near to far, near to far. And it was like three inch at, you know, whatever distance it was. I don't remember. They changed it. And, um, they were all roughly one of my, it was, they were small. Um, and you don't get to be on glass, but I watched Austin Orgain, you know, just shoot it. And he hit target one, hit target two, miss, 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 miss starts back over hits target one and two miss 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 and i was like what is going on out there like that's in my opinion the best shooter to ever play the game and i've never seen him not just crush troop lines like it's just right. not a not i mean a, that's your guys' game that, yeah that's what he like people go to you to learn how to do troop lines yeah like the guy is a, a an absolute stud fantastic shooter i watched morgan do it virtually the same thing and i was like there is something unbelievably difficult about, about this, this stage um and I'm looking at it, and you know, not that the TYL was easy, but to me, it looked like a significantly easier stage than than what I was about to have to do. And I was looking at, it, I was like, I need an 11 to guarantee myself yes. a cup. Um, but there was, it was, I think, a five-way tie at the time for for Some, third place. Something crazy um, like that. It was, it and, was up there. There was and, a lot of people at third. And, and those guys were going to shoot the TYL, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is about to get wild. Um, and thankfully it went, it went my way. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes the stars just align and things work out for you. And that's kind of what happened on that stage. And, um, it was just a big sense of relief knowing that like been coming for five years, AG cups. And finally, finally, finally able to get you. one. Yeah. Now, now we weren't allowed to talk about wind calls. Nobody was talking wind or anything like that. They know how the AG cups works. Now that the match is over, the money's been given out. The trophies have been given out. We just kind of had a little mini conversation about what people were doing in that back cut. And people were saying the wind was going from two to eight tenths and then falling to four, picking back up to six and then dropping back to one. Like the wind in that back cut, nobody's ever shot on that part of the right. property before. Like there's never been, okay, maybe somebody's deer hunted, but they haven't shot a match yep. in the, in 
that back part of the range before. It's completely virgin. I mean, they have PRS one days here all the time, and they nobody has ever done that back there. So it was a true blind. Nobody, the competitors never got to go back there. They never got to see anything. Tom was like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, it's the best guys in the world shooting here for all this money. He's like, we're going to make him earn it. I think his intention was met because you guys definitely had to earn it because we saw some of the best shooters in the country today, 12 round stage, get a one and go from, is unreal? Go from top of the pack to like scrounging for points and then trying to fight back. And then just when you drop that many points, it, what do you do? Yeah, right. At, at a normal match, you're done. You know, exactly. like you have one of those is like better luck next year. And exactly. you know, those are our jokes all day long. Like, uh, you know, first few stages, like, you know, it was me and a few other people and I'm, you know, tie for first place. And then after stages, you know, three and four Ben's like, well, I guess I'll have to do it again. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, and he was at the very top, you know, for, for a long time. And um, I mean, like I said, that truck stage is maybe the hardest stage I've ever shot. Morgan is the last shooter of it and cleans it just like it's his job. Yeah. I was like, that is probably the most impressive thing I've ever seen with the rifle. It was like, now I've ROed a lot of matches. I've, this is my fifth year doing AG cup. I've seen some amazing shooting and some amazing shot stuff. Like that's amazing. It was unbelievable. Like, I I think if you do that 10 more times, you don't ever sniff that score. Like, I just don't think it happens. I don't think it happens. Um, same conditions, same everything. I, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, like we obviously like, Hey, what did you do there? But obviously we can't talk about it on the line. And by the time you go four more stages, like, do you really remember what was going through your head? Probably not. But I mean, it's truly crazy. I mean, from my perspective, seeing the best shooters in the world walk away from some of these stages with five, sixes, ones, like that means if I got up there to shoot that stage, like I'd be lucky to get a two or a three. And I'm just like, that's how difficult this match was. If the top guys in the world are proling five or sixes and once we get all the data from uh ultimate ballistics and we see what their hit percentages were on stages like maybe that helps tom you know better design a harder tougher match across the three days than just um you know what i talked to the the champs about when i had the three of them on saying hey kind of wish it was a little harder and then i did talk to austin today and i was like hey the other day you said you wanted to be tougher. Is this what you were talking about? And he's like, absolutely. He's like, I'm getting destroyed, but man, I'm having fun. I know that's, that's what's wild is like, it's actually more fun to miss at a match than it is to just hit everything. Like I was in 13th place out of 15 guys after four stages. And I was still having a ton of fun. Like, oh, absolutely. And, then the, and then the next stage I got, you know, a seven out of 12, like, and I was having fun. I was like, man, I crushed that. Like I got a right. seven because there's so many people that aren't doing that. And that is to me, so much more enjoyable knowing that it's okay to miss. Like it just, right. it, it's so fun. I think this, I think the, I think this match also makes it okay to miss. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you go to a normal two, two day match and like, for instance, yes, uh, yesterday when we shot stage 14, it was a 10 inch circle at like four sixty or something like that. And then a six inch square. 
Like if you miss that 10 inch circle at 400 yards in a normal two day match, like people giving you the side eye, but you miss it here at the AG cup, like with these conditions and these stakes, it, it's okay. Like, it's just, it's weird, you know, and it, it's, it's weird to see. Yeah. It, I mean, even just the level of shooters here was while there was a stage that was a big small at 6.05. It's a 12 inch and a six inch. And the number of people that hit that six inch, like it was no big deal, was unreal. Like just casually, like I'm just running the bolt. I'm just moving positions. Like it's, it's, it's wild to think about what so many guys can do with a rifle. Right. You know, and there's a, I, I t- said this in an interview earlier today, there's a very big difference in hitting a one MOA target and shooting a one MOA group at that distance. You know, oh, yeah. You've got half that distance to each edge, you know, like, you know, your gun has to be able to do that. There's just, there's so much to it and it's unreal how many people can do it. Exactly. Um, so you've won the two day and now you've taken second place and now you're bringing a a trophy home. So now next to your golden bullet, you can put your, your AG cup cup trophy next to it is like, what's I've heard a lot of people say that, that it's a goal and it, it's something to strive to. And Andy said it, it's like, you got to have that, that goal that you're always striving for. So now that it's, it's taken five years to get to this, <laughs> to this point and to, to get this goal, what's the next What's the next goal? I know it's only been three hours, <laughs> but the people want to know. <laughs> um, the next goal is to put some fur on the ground. Okay. Um, that's that's really all I'm concerned about is going coyote hunting. Um, that's what I enjoy in the off season is just hunting coyotes. I go with a bunch of the JTAC guys, obviously. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple other buddies of mine that, you know, like Colin and I, we, we just go coyote hunting all winter long. It's okay. it, it's what's fun to me in, in the off-season. You don't have to think about a precision rifle. You don't have to look at them. You don't have to touch right. them. You don't have to do anything. I love the off-season. But as far as a precision rifle goal, um, you know, I've started taking a little bit of a different approach. You know, i got a wake-up call, you know, mm-hmm. partway through the year and um, taking it too serious. And um, that's going to be what I'm, you know, doing going forward is that different approach, but in a perfect world, you know, you win a golden bullet again, like that's the ultimate goal, but, right. um, that, I mean, that, that's, that's gotta be it. You know, if you've done it once, you gotta, you gotta try and be Austin Oregon and get it twice from or so and get right. it twice. You know, there's just, it's a very short list, very short list. Um, and I will say like, I haven't ROed for you a bunch of times, but I will say you are taking a different approach. And I think that's really cool that, you know, whether it's self-recognition or somebody, you know, you know, reaching out to you or whatever, but like you definitely had a lot more fun this match than I've seen you have at other matches. That's the truth. I mean, I've I've taken it too serious. It's just a game. It's, it's for fun. And, um, sometimes you're just too close to realize it. Um, and thankfully you gotta have some good friends in your corner to let you know, like what, you know, what matters. Yeah. Awesome. Well, anything you want to, you want to shout out before I let you go? Cause I'm sure you guys want to get, uh, either get on the road to the hotel or get on the road back to Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, obviously, uh, you know, my girlfriend Hannah came with me and she was kind of like my little mini Sherpa, you know, oh carrying God. tripods and whatnot and you know, picking up brass every time. And, um, it's one of those things where, you know, within five minutes, every single person likes her 10 times more than they like me. They're like, <laughs> it's very, very soon. It's going to be like, Oh, you know, 
I come to a match by myself and everyone's going to ask where she's at, you know, uh, very much um, so. that's absolutely what it's going to be. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously just Tom for putting on a, on a really fun event, Clinton house for, for letting us play here. Um, yeah. It was a very cool playground. You know, yes. it's, it's, there's nothing cooler than going to a place and shooting where no one's done it before. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Congratulations again. Thank you. Congratulations on the, on the, on the business side of things. Congratulations on the, on the shooting side of things and the life side of things. Cause you know, there's things outside of just precision rifle. For sure. No doubt. So congratulations. And, uh, we'll see you at the next match. Sounds We're good. both at brother. Thank you. Hey folks, here with the winner, the 2023 AG Cup champion, Andy Slade, pro staff, MDT, and we're going to talk about all the things Andy Slade. So let's go. Let's make it. Let's make it weird. So, who you are, where you're out of, and what you're shooting. I'm Andy Slade. I'm from Climax, Virginia. Believe it or not. And uh, if you would like a little geography lesson, I can give that to you real quick. So this is no joke. I'm not even kidding when I say this. If you're traveling from south to north, you're going to get to a place called Tight Squeeze, Virginia. And then you're going to go a little bit north, and you're going to get to a place called Climax. And then you're going to keep going, and you're going to get to a little town called Hurt. And then if you keep going past Hurt, you get to Lynchburg, Virginia. So anyway. Okay. Yep. So, so there. south of Lynchburg. Yep, south of Lynchburg. Okay. That – who named these places? I have no idea, but I enjoy it. <laughs> so, so what are you shooting? Uh, give me all the rundown. Action, bipod, chassis, optics. Absolutely. All the, all the gizmos and gadgets that you got on there. Yep. So for this match, I was shooting 6.5 Creedmoor, and okay. I was running the uh, ACC Elite chassis, obviously. Really awesome piece of equipment. Let you balance that rifle out and get it to where you can shoot it really well. Uh, trigger Tech Trigger Lone Peak Action. It's the Lone Peak Fusion Short okay. Action, and then um, MDT Magazines um, shooting the um, the Geisley Barrels. I know a lot of people don't know they even exist, but uh, that's a new one for me. Yeah, so I would bet they're going to get real busy here pretty quick. Probably. But uh, they're they're doing single point cut rifle barrels just like Bartline and a lot of people, but they're doing it in a way that is producing some really good results and everybody knows Geisley for hot quality stuff and right anyway we're excited to see what bill's going to do with that and everything but everyone i've seen so far just absolutely freaking smokes it's hammered so um yeah and then mdt muzzle brakes and uh i shot the um a five port brake just because i ended up switching rifles between um friday and saturday okay and um it was just because i had a little bit of a speed issue and instead of trying to figure it out i brought two perfect rifles and one maybe wasn't so perfect so right. it was speeding up a little bit and i just instead of dealing with it or even thinking about it i went and asked tom the match director if it was okay and he he agreed that it was fine so i just grabbed my backup rifle which was exactly the same other than a couple little of the features on it but man just absolutely crushes they're awesome uh and you said the mdt brake what are uh optics rings bipod yep so i'm shooting a 6 to 36 gen 3 razor okay and then we're running the uh, mdt one piece mount which is shorter now if you're used to the old mdt mount that used to take up the whole top rail right now it's shorter where we can actually use the uh, senate level on top right okay and um i'm running the uh 
Brant built extension that comes brings the fiber optic cables back okay. to the eyepiece, yep. and then um, a Hall Kill data card holder. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and you said six five Creedmoor. That's right. Why six five Creedmoor instead of something we saw a lot of six five forty seven. We saw twenty five forty seven. I didn't. I don't think anybody was shooting twenty five Creed, but. Like why a why a six five? It yeah. seems to be like not the competition caliber. You sure. Know, the air quotes here, people. Sure. So um, I started shooting six five Creed about a year ago. Uh, I, there were some matches where I looked at where I was losing points, and in the matches that I was losing points, I went back, and there was some huge percentage of the shots that I was missing were taken off of a bipod. And normally what that means is those shots were taken at longer distances in higher wind conditions normally. Okay. So, and I was shooting six dasher at the time, which is an amazing round. Right. But, but I shoot all over the country, right? So I'm shooting from Virginia on the East Coast, but I shot as far west as uh, this year. How far west did I go? Basically all over the country, you know, right. I mean, the whole thing. So um, obviously the finale was in Kansas, and, um, I mean, we've been to Idaho and, I mean, everywhere, you know. Right. So, um in the big wind, that six dasher gives up a little bit to BC to the Creedmoor. Now you could say, well, why not shoot 25 or why not shoot some of the other ones? Peterson Brass is making small rifle primer brass for that 6.5 Creed, and it is just as accurate as any gun I've ever shot. I mean, it will literally just stack bullets on top of each other over and over and over. And um, the brass that I was shooting this weekend, I think I was on my ninth or tenth firing. So, I mean, it's... And it still looked really clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It shoots really well. It's it's very, very well made. And it's made in uh, Pennsylvania. So, okay. and you can support somebody that makes brass here in the United States versus some of the other ones, which, you know, there's some other people that make great brass. But right. if we can buy American, that's, all, that's always good, too. So, anyway. Okay. Um, with... Day one and day two being on the UKD range here at Clinton House, it being vastly open terrain, hills, rolling hills, high peaks, low valleys, um, with berms behind the majority of your targets, to today, pretty standard field match conditions. Mm -hmm. um, with small targets what what are your thoughts between the two-day match of the ag cup and then today mm -hmm. so day one i was having some issues again i told you about with my rifle and then i was able to switch rifles and i came back from 14th to 7th on day two um i felt like i was shooting just fine it was just some equipment um i like that range it was a lot of fun and i think if we had had the win we had today on those two days, it would have been very, very interesting. Right. Um, today, when we went out to shoot early in the morning, the wind was really low, and we shot some long-range stages, and everybody got through them before the wind came up. But then we went over and shot some of these lanes, and the wind was way higher than anybody thought it was going to be. Right. So um, what I loved about that is nobody had any prior experience with that range, and nobody right. knew what to expect. And the only way that you were going to manage it was by experience and making bold adjustments and knowing if you missed, you couldn't do the same thing over and over and over. Right. So anyway, um, God looked out for me. I think we were able to, you know, put together a pretty good performance and 
but I love that style where there's no berm, there's there's no help coming. It's just you. Right, and to describe this for the listeners, if you've if you watched any of the footage from uh, the shooter's mindset, I encourage you guys to go over there and look at it. But this was a field style match. The first um, four stages were in a cut lane. There were no berms, but you could get feedback off of the dirt past the target. But when we moved up and shot the last six stages, um, it was just brush and trees, and that was pretty much all you had. Um, If you did miss and it hit the dirt, it missed the dirt like uh, 100 yards past the the intended target. And, I mean, these were small targets. We're talking four- and six-inch... targets at four and five hundred yards i think one of the longer shots we had on that side was 900 and it was probably like a 10 or a 12 inch i didn't i wasn't on that i think that was the 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 log stage yeah i can't remember the exact size of the targets but they were definitely no bigger than one and a quarter minute right so i mean um when tom was building that side of the side of the range he was like well i don't know and you know, we expected rain yesterday, but pretty light today. And, I mean, the wind showed up a little bit, and it really showed who was on top of their game. Clearly, you were the most on top of your game. And I don't think anybody had 10 amazing stages. Mm-hmm. I think everybody had a tough time with, with that match. I mean, it, looking at it and watching some of the people that are here shoot stages and being like, Oh man, um, I mean, it was it was a tough match. If you had a bad stage, it really showed. And if you could just stay consistent throughout the day, I think that's who ended up on top of the leaderboard. That's right. So if you look at, they were paying a thousand dollars per stage win. Yep. I won zero. Right. Today I won one on the on the two day thing. Right. But um, the match winner won zero stage wins right but it was just that consistency making sure that we had the process down running that process consistently and making sure that if we had a miss we made an adjustment and you know i was just thankful that everything was on you know the scope was on the gun was on the cartridge was right the dope was right like everything just worked zero mechanical malfunctions in a match like this you just can't have any of those because if you do it's gonna bite you right and you went into your last stage and you had to, I believe, hit seven targets of 12 available to clinch it to where nobody could catch you. What does that pressure feel like? So I didn't know what that number was. Um, I had started getting texts, like, congratulating me, which is right. kind of weird. You know, it's like I haven't even finished the match yet, boys. Like, I could, I have zero to stage before in my life. You know? right. right. So, um I just, I was very intentional to go back to the process. So anytime I start to feel a little bit of that pressure, I redirect it. So I I put that pressure back into the process and ensure that we're doing it exactly like we're supposed to every single time. So that goes through the whole checklist from top to bottom, going through your dope and making sure that you've got your wind columns written out and making sure that all of your, um, your turrets marked and everything is right. Cause if you, if you, mark three one instead of three six now you're down two points or in that case of that last stage it was all one range so you know if you write the wrong dope down there's your zero yep so it's easy to do and then sitting there and you know you're getting these texts 
you're still in the process of trying to trying to finish your match. Seeing those seeing those rounds, did, are you a score are you a scoreboard watcher? Did you watch the scoreboard at all? Did you know how many points you were up? Were you just periodically checking it to, through the day? I know that in the past people have been kind of like, oh, I don't watch the board at all. I don't want to get in my head. Or, oh, I just finished the stage. Okay, where am I at? Mm -hmm. Like, it brings a different dynamic to it because at most matches, when you run practice school, you don't know where you're at until yeah. until you start asking, hey, how many are you down? How many are you down? How many see down? Until you actually see the score sheet at the end of the day. But to have that live scoring, did, did that play with you at all uh, in, your, in your process throughout the weekend? Man, I think it would have two years ago. Okay. Um, I've gotten to a point where I had to be okay with where I was at. I had to be okay with the score because when you're leading a match, people often come by and say, dude, you're killing it. Keep it up. You have people messaging you. Um, day one to day two, you have people like, dude, you're in first place. So you, you have to actually be okay with looking at the scores. So to answer your question, uh, I looked at it a few times. There were There was a couple times when I would have like a – less than perfect stage i would walk by the scoreboard and just kind of check and make sure that i hadn't like dropped below and there was one point that i had but the other shooters that were in front of me there for a minute didn't hadn't shot the really difficult stage over on the cattle right. gate so anyway it um and i knew that was coming so it, i didn't let it bother me i just i figured it was gonna fix itself here in okay. a minute and that's how it went what do you think was the most difficult stage of today Hmm. Um, the stage that I had the hardest time with was the truck and okay. that was simply because I didn't realize that the top rail of the bed was very very loose and, and it was moving a lot Okay. Um, normally when I shoot out of a bed of a truck I'm completely stable no issues I laid the bag down laid the rifle down and I had like five tenths of a mil of wobble which is not like me at all not on those that you don't want that on them targets right these they targets were, were three tenths wide yeah, and very um, small. so the reticle was well outside the target when i pressed the trigger a couple times and um i, I told keith i just kind of went back to the high power days you know just let the reticle move and you just keep adding pressure and let your brain do what it does and i was real fortunate not to have a worse score than i had on that stage because a lot of people did have really really bad scores very the, the there's some people that fell well out of contention on that stage yeah i wish if i had known that i probably would have shot it with a tack table but i've shot out of the back of a truck enough times where i was like oh it's no problem stability is not going to be my problem i right. thought wind was going to be my problem there but when i set the rifle down and you've got this crazy wind condition and you've got this crazy wobble you don't know how much to adjust because you don't really know where the reticle was when it broke right so anyway it's hard to explain but man that it was that was tough and then i would say Probably the next one was the, the long-range troop line that went out to about 900. Tiny, okay, that was off the tree? Yeah, tiny little targets. Those, I mean, they were very small. Um, mm -hmm. And I had asked this to the three previous AG Cup champions that are here. I asked them about what they thought about um, day one and, like, you know, how it was going. And they're like, we kind of want it to be tougher. So... And I've asked them, um, Austin Orgain specifically, I asked him, I was like, hey, you wanted tougher. Like, is this what you wanted? He's like, absolutely. The whole match, all 30 stages should be like this. Because mm -hmm. it is going to see 
who is the best. Right. Um, so we haven't cut checks yet. We haven't um, done fireworks or anything like that. But you are going to be the recipient of a very large check, a very large trophy, and a very cool belt. What it's like, oh, I'm going to Disneyland, but like, what are your what are your thoughts? Okay, I've accomplished the thing that I set out to do. What's the process after this? Yeah, just next match. I've got a I've got a match this coming weekend. <laughs> yeah, so I, I will go home. I'll reload ammo and I will uh, refit to a a lighter weight gun. I'll be shooting a sniper match with Scott Whitehead this coming weekend, and um, we're in preps now for Mammoth. It's coming up in okay. about a month. Right. So all the guns will get refit over to lightweight guns, and we'll we'll start working on team dynamics and making sure that we're ready for that. So. Man, I, I'm the kind of person, if I'm not just constantly driving towards something, that, you know, my, my brain kind of goes a little crazy, and I can, um, I can, <laughs> it can be detrimental. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I have to have something, I have to have a mission, something to go after. So, anyway, it's, it, that's exactly where we'll be at. We'll be down in uh, Coleman's Creek this coming weekend and see okay. what happens. Okay. Um, so, with that check, like, You've been getting all these phone calls. Like, have you talked to the wife? Have you talked to the kids? Like, what are their thoughts about? I mean, because this takes a lot of time, effort, financial commitment, yeah. time away from family. Like, if you've talked to them and you don't mind sharing, like, what are their thoughts about this accomplishment for you? Yeah, my wife was joking around about getting a, uh, a new vehicle when I left. <laughs> And I was like, well, you know what? If I win, maybe we'll do that. So, oh, I might have to actually own up to that one. I don't know. Uh, we were talking about building a drag truck earlier, and that's kind of I'm in the middle of that. So, I don't know. Um, I definitely need to honor that for her. She's she's definitely long overdue for another vehicle. And I don't buy new vehicles, but maybe we'll get one a little bit newer than what she's got. Newer than what she's got. All right. All right. Um, and, like, leading into this ceremony everybody's you're going to get a million texts you're going to get a million calls like you've already been on tv you're going to be on shooting usa when this comes out and probably the middle to end of february from what john said um what what does this mean for to quote you a country boy to come in and win this match I'm always a team player, and honestly, it, it's a it's big to me to be able to represent the companies that I represent well. Right. So, like MDT and Lone Peak and all these other companies that I represented this year. Um, you know, we we talked about all those earlier. It's very important to me that I give them that return. Right. You know, I, I want them to to see that I'm outperforming well and that I'm representing their companies well. So, um, to me, that's a that's a huge part of this is to make sure that I'm really giving it my all and making sure that everybody wins when I win and my family feels that my wife actually reloads all of my ammo so really yep so she actually loaded every round for this weekend well she gets a big high five she's she amazing. knows she knows what she's doing she really does a good job and I, I couldn't do it without her I mean I just shoot too much I mean there's no right. there's no way I could run the business you know the training business run the run the store you know load ammo shoot competitively she does almost all of that right so it's hard to it's hard to have too many irons in the fire right because something's gonna melt 
right unless somebody else is there to help you out and she absolutely is and so are the companies you know right. mdt has been absolutely amazing with any any time i've ever needed something they've been right there to to step in and help out with it outstanding well i think we're getting close to that time so i'm going to uh I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to give you the, the final thoughts or the, the, the final sayings. Any thanks you want to give, shout-outs, anything like that, anything you want to say, you go ahead and you close this out. Awesome. Well, uh, if anybody's ever looking, you know, to accomplish something like this, it just takes that drive and determination wake up every day and do something to make yourself better. Uh, don't let the sun set without trying to do something to make yourself better. Um, I'd like to thank MDT, Lone Peak, Vortex, Gosley Barrels, um, man, I'm going to miss one. Trigger Tech, Peterson Brass. Uh. I know, I'm looking at your shirt right now. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's most of them and anybody that I missed. And, and for all the years, Hawk Hill was there and supported me. That was a huge help. You know, they just recently sold their equipment. So, right. anyway, um, and then lastly, man, I, I can't do any of this without God. It's, yep. I, I truly feel that. God looks out after us, and I have a good relationship with him. And if, if you don't, then that's absolutely something you should work on. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with me, and I know we're going to get this, the big, the big kickoff here going shortly. So I'm going to let you get back and mingle and, and enjoy what is uh, rightfully earned. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Yep.